welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Hamm. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis, of the Washington Free Beacon Arts Editor. It's extraordinary. Arts and culture. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't forget the culture. He's Books, very culture, TV, guys. movies. <laughs> we got a lot of news going on today. We got, we're going to go over some SCOTUS stuff because we were on vacay when the SCOTUS was breaking all its news. As usual. <laughs> so we got we to gotta get to that. We got a little 2024 update for you, but before that, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going fine. Good. Good. <laughs> yes. No. Kate and the kids have been away for a couple of days. They Kate brought them up to Connecticut, and she's on her way back today. But I was really excited because I thought now I can really eat all the terrible things I want to eat. Right. In right. the absence of people, not to discuss them, I have to tell you this, and you probably you will probably say you're not surprised. Went to Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Was very disappointed. You were underwhelmed. Totally underwhelmed. I Which got a three part piece. Underwhelmed you. The size of the chicken. Okay. They're small now. Hmm. It was like a winglet. Yeah. You know, it was like a buffalo. It was like a drumette, really. And I was like, "What is going?" And I'm still paying like fourteen, fifteen bucks, right, for quote unquote three pieces. Right. They were very small. The so Bi- that was Biden wings. They were That's Biden those are. wings. Yes, those are Biden, inflation Biden wings. inflation wings. So that was very disappointing. Other than that. I was cleaning the house. There you so go. So when she comes back, things look nice. At the last minute, like at an the 80s last movie minute, after oh, a keg yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. like at the end of Risky Business. No, the rest of that movie did not happen with me, by the way, <laughs> in the last two days. So let's let's definitely Cleaned, stipulate that. you know, the bathroom sinks, the whole thing, and binge-watched Breaking Bad. Ooh, oh, man. Look at you. So in case everybody was wondering, I'm on in the middle of season four. So there's one more season left, and... It's good. It's dark, but it's good. They just bought the car wash. That's all nice. I can tell you. Yeah, it, I don't want to give anything away. I have trouble starting a dark series, but once I'm in, oh, I, yeah, I'm yeah, rolling. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's rolling. a really. I think that that's a, that people say that was a big problem for people getting into Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't get past the first episode. Yeah, it's true. It's hard. It's that's hard. It. How You're are, asking something of yourself. A commitment. Yes. And I, we only have so much time. How are you? I'm good. By the way, I'm watching the Righteous Gemstones finally. Oh yes, with HBO one of with one of my favorite actors, Danny McBride. Danny who McBride. I haven't, seen. I haven't seen the show. Danny McBride is a genius. Changed my mind. And I, a fellow North Carolinian. Oh isn't yes. He? And look, this is not the only reason. He's actually not a North Carolinian, but he went to the North Carolina School of the Arts. Oh, so that's okay. where his North Carolina con- connection comes from. I believe he grew up in Virginia or Georgia, You're one kidding. of the two. Anyway. Love that guy, mm-hmm. and not just because every series he makes does have a Bojangles reference in it. Really? Every single one. But The Gemstones is, re- I'm just, I'm tickled. I'm tickled, Vic. It is a fantastic show, and I know I'm way late to it. This is my, this is my tired mom reviews three years into a series. Yeah. This is, I love it. Where does it take place? South Carolina. Okay. I was going to ask you, how North Carolina is Danny McBride? Because like have a eastbound and down, I oh, feel that like is, he is. You know, eastbound and down. Is, is it real? my is entire it high school in a series, and my husband is also from North Carolina. So I was just telling him we need to rewatch it just to. It's like it is like going home. <laughs> it's like going home. All right. Also, little news on the kid front. My seven and a half year old, very late to the game, just lost her first tooth. Wait a minute! No, no, no. Oh, seven and. Uh, seven oh, and a half months, seven and a half years. Sorry, so you got <laughs> you got problems. <laughs> I'd see a doctor already, about that. They're already coming out. Uh, seven oh, and a half okay. year old. Okay, just lost her first seven year old months old. Yes. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> She's uh, very excited. Yeah, she did swallow it at lunch at camp. Oh, 
You know what? Here's the thing, though. It must happen more often than not. My kids always lose their teeth when they are gone from my house, and I love it. I don't have to see the wiggling. I don't have to deal with the pulling. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do any of that. And it just, it, it always happens at one of the grandparents' house what, what, it, or camp. I, I, I outsource what is, what, that what, somehow. What is your MO with the dangling? What do you do? You just wait for naturally? Look, I don't even. Do you wait for naturally to for it to come out? I don't even want anyone talking to me about a dangling tooth. I don't, I don't want to see it. I'm not a squeamish person in general, but no thank you to any tooth stuff. I have two thoughts for you, and I will subject them to you. The first is, my father was a real quote-unquote pro about how he's oh, a surgeon. No. But, well, you know, the yes. kids, so so the kids, you know, their grandfather would say to them, oh, you, you got a dangling tooth, that's easy. Come over here. And he'd take dental no, floss, no, wrap it around no. the, the top, and just that's yank fine. it out with, gonna... the, with the floss. Yeah. And the other thing was Sabrina had it one. on air. Sabrina had one, and it was, like, forever dangling. And you know how she lost it? We were in the uh, driveway, and, and this was like when there was snow, and the neighbor's dog came over, and she was really scared of dogs. And so she just freaked. The dog was just very friendly, but the, she freaks out. She tries to cr- climb the, like the, the, the wall, the brick wall, you know, yeah. the, the retaining wall, and then that's when it came out because she banged her face on it. And this, then she was worried. This podcast needs a trigger warning here is for the, people like right, me. For people who have teeth issues, here's the amazing thing. So she was, of course, concerned about, you know, the tooth fairy. Right. How are you going to get it? Well- Snow melted. I found it. You found yes. it? Yes. It looked really, it, 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 it was like an anomaly on the black pavement after oh. the snow melted. And I'm like, but it, the funny thing is how small they are. They're really small. They're tiny. Also just creepy to see in any environment other yes. than the mouse. The mouth is where you want to see those. So I'm a no on all okay. of that. Steve will troll me and say he's going to do various things to get the teeth out. And I'm like, don't oh, yeah. talk to me. Oh, yeah. What does he do? Oh, I don't. It's, he, there's a lot of talk of pliers. I don't want to oh, I don't want to oh, hear about no, it no, no. from him or from anyone. But it's yeah. taken care of. And and the, the big thing with us on the, the tooth fairy front is that is that you got to got to be consistent with the tooth fairy rate. Yes. There's yeah. no deviation from between siblings, between among siblings, the siblings. And, but the thing is, despite inflation, but they'll get wind, you know, as you know, there's a guild of tooth fairies and different yes. tooth fairies go to different houses yes. and different houses decide on what the rate is mm-hmm. for or the different tooth fairies. And, you know, some of the guild members are more generous than others. And the guild member that visits our house and our children is not that generous. And so we have to make sure that even when away from home, the guild member understands what the situation is, and the situation is two quarters, okay? That's the situation. 50 cents. Mm-hmm. As long as they don't ask, <laughs> as long as, yeah, because they can, I can find coins, as long as they don't ask other kids yeah. what yeah. the same fairy. Because some yeah, of, yeah, yeah, some yeah, of depends on the I got to tell you, some member. of these tooth fairy guild members have gotten out of hand. That's very fun. Out of hand. So, anyway, we handled that. All right. Speaking of rites of passage... have a little update on 2024. Oh. I'm just, I'm just going to give this one yes, to you. Yes, yeah, this is an audible. 2024, the rite of passage is, how do they get to the debate stage uh, August 23rd? You're talking about Republicans or Democrats? Republicans. Okay. They, those guys aren't going to debate. <laughs> if and, try- and Trump yeah. might not either. But yeah. to get to the debate stage August 23rd, I just wanted to give everyone an update. I don't know if we've discussed the requirements before, but the requirements are we these. Have not. Each candidate in the primary must have two things. 
40,000 individual donors to at least a 1% polling rate in three qualifying national polls okay. in the month before the August 23rd date. I feel like this was similar to previous election cycle or no? Is this, I have think they upped, the, upped the ante? I think the individual donor thing was adjusted. That is slightly 40, new. 40,000. Yeah. And honestly, most of the primary candidates feel that it is a basically fair situation. Yeah. So let me tell you who has announced that they're cool, that they're good. Now, th- I don't think this is totally verified yet. Okay. But obviously Trump and DeSantis are fine. Yeah. Nikki Haley seems to oh. be fine. She had a good she has she had a good fundraising yes. quarter. Not much drop off from uh-huh. her initial announcement, which is okay. Pretty pretty decent good. news for her. Vivek says he's fine. Mm-hmm. Christy and Scott have both confirmed that they are good to go. You know, Scott's such a good fundraiser, I thought he was gonna say a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand individuals. He's like, I got so many yeah, Burgum is on the cusp. This is the governor of North Dakota. North Dakota. But have you heard his gimmick? No. Okay. Oh, in governor, order to get people to donate? Governor Burgum, mm-hmm. innovative mm-hmm. technique here, has offered to send people a $20 gift card that he calls a Bidenomics relief card if they send a dollar to his campaign. <laughs> so the first 50,000 people who send a dollar get a $20 gift certificate because this man has money coming out of his ears. I, Isn't this like bribery in a weird way? So you're not actually buying you're still a losing, vote. You're, you're still buy- losing, losing 19 bucks. Well, and the issue is if you're buying a vote, you're not buying a vote here. You're buying a Petition, donation a do- and, yeah. and data on this person. Wow. So, so he's doing that. questionable. So he's doing that. Mm-hmm. He says his lawyers looked into it. And as a billionaire, I'm sure mm-hmm. he has pretty good lawyers. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. lawyers looked into it and it's fine. Vivek has been doing a scheme where you would get a kickback from any, from any, like you'd get to skim ten percent mm-hmm. from the, the donations that you send his way somehow. Yeah. And he says this is just like I'm just making regular people into bundlers. That's all I'm oh. doing. Now here's where I want to give credit because both of these things are a little unconventional and maybe a little skeezy. I like the branding of both of them, right? It's very populist. Well, yeah, and- it ties in with a message. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to get my 40,000 donors. Here's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make it this populist economic relief message while I do it. The, I'm not mad at it. The Bergam thing might work. Yeah. Now, the now the issue for him is like, obviously, and I think this is the price you pay for this, right? Because I, I, I doubt that it's mm-hmm. a violation of any kind. The price you pay is that a person who's in for a dollar for a $20 gift certificate uh-huh. is not the... It's not a solid supporter at that point. Like a lot of these guys, if you give 20 bucks, that you can count on that vote for a while, yeah. or at least that, mm-hmm. that vote being fairly solid yeah. in your column. Much looser support from the $1 for a $20 TJ yes, Maxx card. The one, I don't think it's a TJ yeah. Maxx. I think it's a Visa card. Friend. Okay. TJ Maxx? I was joking. Why not Marshalls? Dude, if I could choose. Wait, wait which, I, is greater, I, which is greater sign? Governor, Governor Burgum, could I get a home goods card? Is that possible? <laughs> I was going to say, which is better, Marshalls or TJ Maxx? TJ Maxx. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's a shame that Herman Cain, may he rest in peace, did not come up with something like this at this time because then it would be like a, maybe a free pizza at Godfather's. Oh, love it. Yes. Except for then you'd have to find the nearest Godfather's, which could be many states away. That could be tricky. Here are the ones who will likely not make the stage. Oh, yeah. Asa Hutchinson, Suarez, the mayor of Miami, Miami yeah. Will Hurd, and Larry Elder. Those yeah. are the, and I think there's like two or three others who are. Even I guess less that's intentional uh, by Asa, the uh, Republicans to yes. do this. Yes, and Asa Hutchinson is making the argument that he will get there. 
but he only has 5,000 of the, the folks right now, but he's going to get there. But he thinks it's a bad threshold because he could just be louder and meaner and get a lot of heat and then get a bunch of donations. But that, that doesn't serve the discourse. Anyway, that's the, the argument against it. That would be what, you know, if you're at a disadvantage, that's what you have to say. If you're Asa, that's yeah, what you say. That's right. All right. It'll be interesting to see how far Christie gets. He's getting a lot of traction, at least in the media. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Christie is a testament to, if you are a good speaker, yeah, a commanding yeah. sort of presence. Yeah. You don't care you, about being Mr. Nice Guy. If you keep hitting the nail, yeah. like, there is merit in that and people will begin to be more willing to listen to you this is and this is another reason why i don't like this idea that like this campaign's over already and this campaign's over already we don't know and we don't things know can change absolutely and if you'll remember one hillary clinton ran mm-hmm. in 2007 and 8 based mm-hmm. on the inevitability of yep. her candidacy and she was overwhelmingly the favorite mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. until she wasn't that's right because there can be a momentum shift. I remember 2004 when it was all about, you know, the governor from Vermont. Yes. Isn't it funny that I can't remember the former chairman of the... Oh, De- Howard Dean. Yeah, Howard Dean of the Democratic Yarg. National Committee. That's right. That's before my impression. Before that, before that, Yarg Did you guys know I did impression? That was a good one. Yeah. He was a real flavor of the month, man. Yeah. And even I was like, man, it looks like, you know, the, the Deniacs and, and he's going to get it because there was so much energy... And I remember another guy who was a Democrat telling me, you know, these things come around and eventually it's going to be Kerry. Not that he thought Kerry was going to be Bush, but that at the end of the day for the primaries, that, you know, these things just have a way of working working out. And so it's the same thing. We, I mean, we don't know. I mean, yeah. whoever is really the exciting person of of the Wesley Clark or whoever. Ah, uh, Wesley Clark. Know, that was a real flavor. So, of the oh, my gosh. He's a general and a Democrat. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and those soulful eyes. Yeah. And but he's so fly and that body. Remember the memory he's working out. He's oh, very did cut. He, did he have a, he was, he he was have like, a workout he, video? He, he I was like, that. You, like for a small person, he was very lean. Yeah. He was very lean. I mean, yeah. I will say this. I've said this before, and um, I, I, I keep on getting vindicated on this, which is not often for other things. But remember when I said at some point, DeSantis, even though he's not even in the lead, people are going to say worse than Trump. Right. They're saying it. They're oh, all I saying know. it on the left. I, I, I see this all the time. Say what you will about Trump. But DeSantis would be much worse. I would not want. Well, I'd rather have Trump. Their real quibble is that DeSantis is better at doing things than Trump, right? Like that. The argument. Yeah, that's that's right because he's because he's actually making bad things happen. Just doesn't say it. That's their argument, which is one that GOP primary voters should listen to. Like perhaps if your adversary is concerned that this might be a more Mm -hmm. effective version of a policymaker for the things you like, Mm -hmm. that is something that you should take into account. All righty. Let's talk about SCOTUS. A lot. A lot lot of big stuff happened, and I I don't mean to be late to bite this apple, but it is an important story. And there's also just a lot to think about. It's still reverberating. Because these things, when they break, (laughs) frankly, due to our, our current discourse, they're so emo. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I do. I don't mean to discount at all that these are important issues. Of course they are. But the lack of rational discussion about the actual case at hand Mm -hmm. and the actual decisions and how the conclusion was come to is disconcerting. Uh, It is almost entirely results based anguish. Yeah. 
on from those who it didn't go come down their way. And look, there have been plenty of times when I have disagreed with the Supreme Court's oh, results. For decades. However, not on every occasion do I assume the reason that I disagree with them is because they're all terrible, ideological, sellout, right. corrupt weirdos. No. no. The lefty justices with liberal jurisprudence believe a different philosophy than mm-hmm. I do. It leads them to different conclusions. It, I don't think they that are the devil. Fa- that is a fact of life. And the reaction from some on the left and in the media, which is, well, we got to do something about this. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. No, we got really because, you know, we've been living with, I don't know, Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, you name it, you know, for decades under various liberal leaning courts. And again, if you look at the on the ideological spectrum and studies have been done with this, the current court is not far to the right. No, it, this it's actually hilarious because occasionally a story will pop up that, that deals with the totality yeah. of the uh, Supreme Court's. Well, I forget what the term is. I'm not, term. The term. Yeah. yeah. The term is term. Yeah, yeah. The term <laughs> Look at that. Is term. Okay, I know words. That deals with the totality of the term and says, oh, surprisingly, these justices are more often in agreement than not. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. because we do have some some con- yeah. some consensus beliefs yeah. and philosophies about how law works in this they country. They just don't get covered. You yeah. know, there was a there was a recent nine zero ruling. You know, <laughs> boot of that. We don't need to cover with, that. It one. was a freedom of religion issue. So yes. again, they don't get covered, and everyone thinks that because you know. It's a new experience for them to have rulings decided yeah. not in their favor and ones that matter to them most that are near and dear to them. Yeah. And yeah, these are the biggies. Yeah. yeah. To be and fair to them. They're very, these are monumental when it comes to what we're talking about earlier was uh, abortion. And now we're talking about uh, affirmative action. It is a big deal. But again, just, that's just, like, just the way it is. Take some the, deep an- breaths, guys. the answer is not we need to stack the court. Well, or have some people have said, well, what if we just don't obey? Oh, listen to what? Do we have to? Great idea. What great happens? idea, guys. The the norms backers yeah. are uh, very keen on ignoring the court and yeah. destroying they its legitimacy. They talk about that. It is also disheartening, by the way, how dismissive some many people are in the media about the majority opinions written by John Roberts or Clarence Thomas right. or Samuel Alito because- they're really good opinions. They're right. ri- they're, the way they are written, th- and they just brush them off. No. Well, and it also makes no difference to them that, for instance, a Gorsuch votes to expand LGBT rights in Bostock, yeah. but then oh, yeah, totally. that come down, comes down differently on a freedom of religion and speech case. Short-term and they're memory. Like, and they're like, obviously, he hates all gay people. Yeah, it's yeah, like, okay, Gors- let- yeah. Same thing with Brett Kavanaugh. If you look at his voting record on the court, he's not far to the right at all. You know, so by the way, before we jump into the actual mm-hmm. cases and we're going to do three, we're going to do the affirmative action mm-hmm. case. We're going to do the Pre- three or three creative, which mm-hmm. is the freedom of speech and freedom of religion case and the the stoppage of the loan forgiveness, which is yes. the other big one that came down. But before we do that, the enthusiasm for delegitimizing the court has spread to the Guardian. We're going overseas to delegitimize overseas. now. Is supposed to, politics supposed to end at the water event? Yep. Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. This is this is the Guardian reporting on yet another scare quotes ethics case. Okay, you ready? Several lawyers who have bi- had business before the Supreme Court, including one who successfully argued to end race conscious admissions at universities, paid money to a top aide to Justice Clarence Thomas, according to the aides Venmo transactions. The payments appear to have been made in connection to Thomas's. Are you ready? 2019 Christmas party. Oh no. The payments to Rajan Vash- Vasisht, mm-hmm. who served as Thomas's aide from July 19th 
2019 to July 2021 seemed to underscore the close ties between Thomas, who is embroiled, embroiled in other fake ethics scandals following a series of revelations. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. They're working together. Here's the bottom line. The Venmo account, which was public prior to requesting comment for this article and is no longer, showed that he received seven payments in November and December 2019 from lawyers who previously served as Thomas, Thomas's legal clerks. Now, let me explain part of this. The Thomases are famous for having extremely close relationships with all yeah. of the people who clerk for them. They get together frequently yeah. and they get together for Christmas. Those clerks sometimes do go on to be lawyers before the court. The amount of the payments is not disclosed, but the purpose of each payment is listed as either Christmas party, Thomas Christmas party, CT Christmas party, or CT Xmas party in an apparent reference to the justices initials. However, it remains unclear what the funds were for. So th these are former clerks to him yeah. who got together for a Christmas party mm -hmm. and Venmoed yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. to like buy wine for the Christmas party. And this is the alleged giant crime ethics. Yeah, ethics issue. scandal. By the way, if they hadn't pitched in, you could assert that Clarence Thomas was currying favor yeah. by throwing a no, Christmas party for way, which he paid. Either way, they have a story, <laughs> and they're going after they're I, going after him. I do love that you they know. all say in public, Christmas yeah. party, CT Christmas party, and then they're like unclear what was the what was the reason for the payment. It's not unclear, guys. It's not unclear. It was a Christmas party. And people Venmoed each other. That's inappropriate. Okay. There you go. Okay. So that's the that's the latest round. In that By the way, The Guardian is, do, is having a particularly bad streak right now. They also uh, published a really lousy review of the movie Sound of Freedom, which oh, really? did not discuss the movie at all, but just wanted to, you know, ding Jim Caviezel. I got to go see that Bannon. movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, speaking uh, of dark things that it's hard no, to make that myself is, watch. No, that is John Pothorts reviewed it for the Free Beacon. He does not like those kind of movies, and yet he was like, you need to see this. Movie. I hear that it's very skillfully done, yeah. that it is. Yes. Well no, and of no, course, no. Tim Ballard's story is amazing. Right. Should, should, oh, put this that, on the, put this on put list that of things on the to list. talk about. That, that was another thing that the Guardian Review, by the way, talked about. Tim Ballard, supposedly. Oh, come know. on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On to 303 Creative. All right. So this is the case. I'll just read from SCOTUS blog a sure. bit here. A six-justice majority agreed that Colorado cannot enforce a state anti-discrimination law against a Christian website designer who does not want to create wedding websites for same-sex couples because doing so would violate her First Amendment right to free speech. Lori Smith, a devout Christian who owns a website and graphic design business in Littleton, Colorado, she wanted to expand her business to include website wedding websites, but only for heterosexual couples because she wanted to only express her creative powers for things that are sort yep. of biblically okay but such a statement she wanted to put a statement on the website that said that that's what she did but such a statement would run afoul of colorado's public accommodations law which bars businesses that are open to the public from discriminating against among others lgbtq people or announcing their intent to do so so justice neil gorsuch wrote for the majority in this and said that colorado cannot quote force an individual to speak in ways that align with its views mm -hmm. but defy her conscience about a matter of major significance and he indicated the court's decision would provide similar protection to other business owners whose services involve speech such as artists speech writers and movie directors so the plaintiff here smith she just wanted to play it safe she wanted to make sure that she was not going to be in violation so she goes out of her way and then the lower courts then actually from saying, yes, you would be in violation right. of Colorado's this. like, oh, no, we would definitely yeah. punish you for that. Yeah. But that she would have standing and that she should, you know, take this and it would go all the way up to the Supreme Court, yes. which had actually happened. 
at the end of the day, I mean, people were so upset about this when we're talking about personal expression is a matter of free. It's a First Amendment right. Yes. And this is her site. This the, It's about government compelling speech. Yes. And there are people out there who want the government to compel yes. you to believe so something. In each of the major yeah. cases dealing with this kind of thing, one was a florist in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, one you was must. Masterpiece the Bakery, Mr. Yeah. Phillips in Colorado, mm-hmm. same statute that he was punished under. And this one, in all three of those cases, it is not a situation where the person offering services excludes gay people. It is an exclusion of a wedding ceremony that is happening. So yeah. it is different than they, they have gay customers. Right. They're not refusing right. to she serve Right. She does them. not. That's exactly right. It is in this capacity mm-hmm. that they don't want to use their art right. to support a thing that they don't support. In the case of the Masterpiece ruling, which I looked up just to refresh my memory, that was 7-2, a very different court at the mm-hmm. time. 7-2 gave Phillips, the, the baker who didn't want to bake the cake, a narrow victory, holding that Colorado administrative agency that had ruled against him had treated him unfairly by being too hostile to his sincere religious beliefs, but it didn't make a larger ruling on mm-hmm. First Amendment grounds. This is a this is a departure from that, and this right. is a bigger ruling as a result. But I am just mystified by the idea that tolerance oh. and coexistence requires finding every tiny business person uh-huh. who has a deeply held Christian, Jewish, yeah. or Muslim faith. Yeah. Weirdly, we never find the Muslims. Muslim, ones, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, Those don't go to the courts. They're but, not going to pursue them. But finding those business people and destroying them if they don't adhere yeah. to your every view is what tolerance looks like. Yeah, that's right. And it trying seems, to it find... It just seems like the opposite of tolerance. It can't, can't tolerate people intolerant to our opinion. They are They, they want to find legal force in order to make this happen. And again, it is looking after people who they who do not agree with them. And and apparently, you know, and it it weirds them out that there is a contingent of people in this country who still have a faith that yes. says marriage is between a man and a woman. And that you can't make them do things. No, that is a and well that's wrong. And I, I don't know in their minds if they think it's just a handful of wackos and not actually a lot of people. Right. But it's it's a little disturbing because that's exactly right. They they want you to believe something and then would threaten to penalize you if you do not accept and force you know force you to do what you don't want to do. Well, that's your you must believe this. A couple, What's wrong with you? A couple other storylines coming out of this. There was the the AP and others reported mm-hmm. on the fact that one of the alleged requests for a website to this mm-hmm. Lori Smith mm-hmm. turned out to be not real. Oh. So let me let me just go into that real quick yeah. so we can debunk a certain line of thinking. This is an AP story. It says, the man named in the Supreme Court's gay rights ruling says he didn't request a wedding website. So this is one of the bits of information. It's kind in, of an issue. In her dep- deposit, except that the request at hand was added Later, after the case had already been established, mm-hmm. let me read Megan Megan McCardle on this. She says a lot of people are misreading this story, believing that this means the case was based on a lie. To be clear, the lawsuit was filed before this request and does not rest on it because the state of Colorado helpfully stipulated that it would do exactly as Lori Smith feared. It was not critical to the lawsuit, and if the plaintiff had made it up, I doubt she would have selected a random web designer in San Francisco rather than just, you know, making up a name. Seems more likely that it was just a prank. 
Also, she it's in her deposition, so some were alleging like that she lied about this, but all she all she attests to is that she received this email, right. which she did. Yep. That is not in question. At any rate, it's sort of like a periphery issue that people are trying to make into the main into issue. The thing, yeah. And the problem for Colorado is that and a shout out to Alex the Chick on uh, on Twitter who's a, a fun legal mind mm-hmm. that I follow for pointing all of this out is that the state of Colorado stipulated, right? So in the lower court the facts they brought to the table, among them, they stipulated that this speech, creating websites, was expressive speech. If you stipulate that it's expressive speech, then your actions as the state to punish someone over it are subject to a very, very high standard because we all used to understand Mm -hmm. that expressive speech is very protected. Well, certain expressive speech is not, and this reminded me of the, the Sotomayor dissent which tried to tie in violence into into her disagreement with with the ruling, meaning that she was talking about uh, Matthew Shepard, that case, and the Pulse nightclub. And those are two terrible tragedies, but they're, it's the wrong takeaway for her because, of no. course, the Matthew Shepard case is not what people thought it was anymore. No, as and you also know. speech is not violence. Right. Well. Or lack of, lack of speech. Silence is violence. Silence is also, violence. speech is violence. No, it really depends. In the Matthew Shepard case, I mean, there was a huge drug element that came out many years later. Yes. Unf- again, this is unfortunate. In the Pulse nightclub, I, I, think, I think it was, in fact, just a violent shooter. He yeah. wasn't necessarily going after them specifically yeah. because they were gay. Again, terrible things. But she's using just faulty, you know, sources in order to build her dissent. It's... Not impressive. It's not good. So this reminded me of something. Mm -hmm. The stipulations by Colorado are a cell phone, okay? And it reminded me of another historic and important cell phone by the government in the Citizens United case. Do you remember, and this is what I always explain this to liberals because they hate the Citizens United case, that it allows corporations to have free speech and treat them as people because they're groups of people. Right. By the way, that's the argument that they're using for Disney against Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis just to... Just FYI. In Citizens United, the government is arguing that this Hillary movie, this Hillary critical movie, can't come out because Mm -hmm. it violates these FEC laws, even though it's just a movie and this is a free country. In one of the lines of questioning, Alito asks the government's lawyer, how would you treat other forms of media? Like not just this movie, Uh but, uh, you know, commercials, say a pamphlet or a book that a corporation such as a publisher might create in the sure. in the upcoming before the upcoming election how would that be treated by the government could it be banned censored yeah and he just said yes yeah books could be banned so again who's doing the book banning no here? so this he is... tried to dance around yeah. it at the time yeah. but eventually alito got him to say yes uh, as this as the statute stands if a publisher if a book publisher tried to publish a book it was critical of a candidate in mm-hmm. this time period before the election, and they didn't use PAC money. They used yeah. their corporation's money to create it. Mm-hmm. That book could be banned by the federal yeah. government. So when you, when the government's lawyers cell phone in this manner, I don't have to be making up reasons yeah. for them to have succeeded. Yeah, like It's their job not to give SCOTUS that. And in this case, they gave SCOTUS the expressive art fact to begin with. Now, I know this movie came out after the election, but it was such a terrible movie, and it was the one where Jeff Daniels plays Jim Comey. <laughs> and Brendan Gleeson, 
who I like. Should have arguably should have been banned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Brendan Gleeson played Trump. And it's just a bit much. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think okay. anything, any yeah. any screen portrayal of Comey, I think I'm going to be out on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. What do we got next? He Affirmative action. He diffused a bomb. By, he diffused a nuclear bomb to mm. Jim Comey. I'm just kidding. Okay. Affirmative action. Affirmative action. Okay. This is also SCOTUS blog. Again, I mentioned this last week, last two episodes ago. Big, big victory for my people. Huge day for the Asian Americans. In a historic decision, the Supreme Court severely limited, if not effectively ended, the use of affirmative action in college admissions on Thursday by a vote of six to three. The justices ruled that the admissions program used by the University of North Carolina, in my home, and Harvard College violate the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause, which bars racial discrimination by government entities. Uh, that's that's a big one. This is it's very interesting. The reaction, again, if you want to talk about Democrats in the media, because Asians don't seem to be seen as minorities anymore. No, you guys don't count. No, really, they they don't, even though, you know, it's they're pretty small, a number of them in the United States. And I'm still waiting for the acceptance or rejection letter from Princeton. Oh, it's, it's going to be react, yeah, oh, retroactive to your wait. college. Yes, I, I can't wait because I want to join a supper club. I think it would be really cool. But the, the other thing is they they don't like to acknowledge that it's not, you know, the first thing that you see is people say, oh, there was a poll out. That showed most Asian Americans support affirmative action. And then you get into the poll where they actually ask specifically, would you support, you know, helping certain minorities at the expense of you? And the answer is resoundingly no. You know, they don't they don't feel that way. And, this is, and a majority of Americans are not in favor of so this is another affirmative thing action. That who are they uh, talk you know that, that SCOTUS critics do, yeah. which is depending on which side the public is on, yeah. they'll they'll either levy arguments based on exactly. public polling or not. Right. In this case, mysteriously absent from the left's argument is that the the, the court is on the wrong side of the American people because right. they're not. Yeah. In this case, they're not, which makes it harder to play the legitimacy card against them because, in fact, some 70% yeah. to 80% of Americans believe what the left told them for an entire generation, which is that racial discrimination is bad. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a Full large stop. segment of the left that believes that racial discrimination is not just not bad, but absolutely vital to correct racial discrimination of the yes. past. No denying that racial discrimination of the past existed and yeah, that there are course. elements of it that continue to exist. Right. The question is, constitutionally in yeah. this nation, can you implement a systemically racist system whereby you judge people by race in order to correct those original issues. Yeah. And the answer, to me, quite plainly, due, due to the Constitution, is no. Mm-hmm. There are ways you can you can change things for yeah. admission's sake, but they like explicit race discrimination, a problem. Yeah. Uh, the thing that should matter more, and John Roberts mentioned this in a very eloquent majority opinion, and, the, you know, his whole life's work has led to this point. Right. You know, so it, it, this is not a surprise... With him. I mean, certain other rulings in the past, like Obamacare, more of a surprise. But this one was entirely predictable and very well said. But as he put it, there's a couple things he said in there that were very interesting. One of the one of which is, you know, what is the hardship that this person overcame in order for them to be given special consideration to be, you know, admitted to your college? That really supersedes color of skin, Mm -hmm. because then in the end, if you're trying to help people, you know, you're letting in perhaps a rich 
black person over a poor white or Asian or Hispanic right. person, that's not help out you. What do you? What do you? Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, which is just a look, and that's just wrong. And the other thing is, you know, again, the equal protection clause. It's just you know violation of the Fourteenth Amendment. And if you're discriminating against, if you're discriminating in favor of somebody, you're that means you're discriminating against somebody. Yes. You know that's the thing. Yes. Now what's interesting is Katanji Brown Jackson's dissent so dismissive of both Roberts and Clarence Thomas in the sense of saying you people on your yes you know technically if you're just reading about you know a sentence about what is discrimination sure you can agree that all discrimination is bad but the reality is so far different and we have it with us as you were saying we will always have it with us and you people up in your ivory tower making up these, you know, mm-hmm. you're completely detached from reality. And she had some line about let them eat cake. I don't know well, what Clar- that means. Clarence Thomas has no experience with well, discrimination. Again, as you would, as they would say in The View, he's an exception. Right. Okay. Anytime you do something they don't like, exception. Clarence, Thomas of, course, Clarence Thomas, of course, took took on her, her dissent head mm-hmm. on by saying, like, look, I've, I understand quite deeply yeah. the challenges that African-Americans face in uh, this yeah. country. Well, I he lived also... in a different time. Yeah. So yeah, much, much it was so much different it was, back then. <laughs> it was a much better time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, blood, it was. Blood bucket oh, yeah. Georgia in the fifties. Yeah. Different different yeah. and better right. time That's for right. race relations. <laughs> no. So Jackson also did a thing that I dislike from liberals, which is this argument that these decisions and your philosophies will literally kill people. Yeah. Again. And it turns out she used a faulty statistic she to did. claim that about the uh, about black babies the, and black black babies uh, and black doctors yeah. black doctors that they are 50 percent better survival rates for or more you know prevention of mortality mm-hmm. for for babies with black doctors and that's not actually true the the, the stat right. was not correct again i'm open to the argument the i'm open to the argument that in like i think there's studies that show for instance that male teachers teaching young men can have a more engaging effect on them. Like I'm open sure. to arguments about these kinds of yeah. things, but you have to wrestle with the constitutionality and you also have to get your facts correct. And in the end, you can't discriminate based on race. The other argument from the left is that we should do away with legacy admissions to which all the most right wingers are like, sure. Yes. But legacy is not in the constitution. That's the issue. Like, yeah. if you want to bring a case, I'm not sure it's going to make it to the SCOTUS based on constitutional yeah. grounds because that's not in the Constitution. Right. And Joe Biden is one to talk since they've always tried to get their kids in by oh my gosh, leaning right. in uh, to, you know, meeting with presidents of universities in order to get their granddaughter in, for example. Yeah. Roberts had a great line, by the way, and he talked about Brown v. Board of Education and saying that, you know, they ruled it separate but equal means that it is inherently unequal. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he said a line that, but for my fellow Justice Sotomayor, the, the answer is it depends, and which is a great line. And then the other thing is, there was always this understanding at some point that affirmative action would end. You know, like mm-hmm. it would, we're setting it up now to fix these inequalities, but at some point it is going to end. And the, there was the Backey case, but certainly after, I think it was Grutter, in 2003. That's the University of Michigan. That's right. And they said, you know, 25 years from now. So now it's 2023. And it's like, okay, it's clear to them, nobody wants to see this go away. And well, it was never meant to be permanently in place. So so that's that. Good news for the, good news for the Asian. Sotomayor, by the way, had also said 
and I think you mentioned this, sometimes you have to fight discrimination with discrimination. Right. I mean, that, that's the that's the yeah. that's the theory. Uh, Many Americans, and unfortunately for the left, the Constitution yeah. reject that. I was going to say it doesn't, that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Yeah, okay. and by the way, it doesn't sit with a lot of, sit well with a lot of people because, to its credit, much of the left that now believes this sold for, very successfully mm-hmm. for a generation that the morally ca- correct position was that racial discrimination was wrong. Yeah, and so it's hard to correct people after that and be like, no, 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 right. no. actually, racial discrimination is good. It just uh, yes. depends on a- against who's pulling you. the strings yeah, yeah. and Th- which people are thing. disadvantaged. It's, yeah, People don't buy that. No. People don't buy that. But it doesn't matter because it's not a political issue anyway. It's a constitutional issue. All right. On to something that is political oh. for one Joe Biden. Shameless. And that is the ruling on the student loan forgiveness. That's right. You'll remember that the president decided to forgive $10,000 of student loans for a bunch, a bunch of people on our backs. All of them clearly Higher educated, mm-hmm. higher potential for income. It's a it's definitely a program that disadvantages those who did not go to college and uses their money to pay off the loans of richer people or people who are likely to be richer than they are. They had no authority to do this. They used the Heroes Act, which is a very old post nine eleven, a post nine eleven veterans act to help veterans mm-hmm. get rid of some of their debt. Very narrow, yes, bill stretched to. It's limits and beyond, it turns out. So by a vote of six to three, the justices ruled the Biden administration overstepped its authority last year when it announced that it would cancel up to $400 billion in student loans. The Biden administration had said that as many as 43 million Americans would have benefited from the loan forgiveness program. Almost half of those borrowers would have had all their student loans forgiven. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the court in Biden versus Nebraska, characterizing the decision as a straightforward interpretation of federal law. Justice Kagan dissented in an opinion joined by Sotomayor and Brown Jackson. Some are surprised that Kagan was in the dissent mm-hmm. here because this one was this one's pretty cut and dried. I, yeah. I am I, I get about uh, it's about as emo as I get about SCOTUS rulings to go. Seriously, none of you three thought that perhaps passing a bill would be the correct way right. to get this done. Or something called the separation of powers. Right. Like even if you like the thing. Right. It doesn't mean the thing is constitutional. It was such a naked power grab by Biden in order to curry favor with his new base, which is, by the way, you know, young college educated voters. Yeah. You know, whether you didn't finish your degree, but you owed a lot of money because you made this decision to take out money or you are a lawyer or a young lawyer, young doctor. You know, how are you going to afford right. as a lawyer or a doctor to pay off these these loans? And And again, it's not. It's also not, it's not wiping away debt. It's just transferring the debt. Somebody's got to pay for this. So it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it doesn't just disappear. No, it's, uh, it, is, it is really ridiculous and, and shameless. And one of the things I hated was some on the left were trying to own critics of student loan by saying, oh, well, that person took a PPP loan. Yeah, no, this you is know, BS. Because this is of such COVID. BS. Okay, you forced our company to shut down, yeah. you know, and so I hope you're going to give me money versus making a choice. I'm going to go to school. I need extra money. I need to take out a loan. And that is a choice. And how you pay for it mm-hmm. is also a choice. But you do have to pay for it because that's why it's called a loan. Well, and the PPP thing yeah. was actually a misnomer as a loan yeah. because it was get first. You're, as you're, you're correct. 
These are not loans that people were excited to go get this for themselves. This, this whole situation was forced the on them. The shutdown was forced on yeah. them. The government said, we're going to fix the fact mm-hmm. that we forced you to do this by telling you to take this loan. Right. They then give them this loan, which, by the way, is fraught with all sorts yeah. of fraud and all sorts all other is- issues, and which you know could have been avoided by just keeping businesses open, but whatever. They do that, and then with the promise that it will be forgiven. Yes. That was the understanding yes. From the beginning. Yeah, that was part of the condition. And then they want to get mad at you for, for having no. taken mm-hmm. the loan that they forced you to take mm-hmm. and said they would forgive. Mm-hmm. No, you are abiding by the rules of the loan, which is not really a loan. It was forgiven from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But in this case, student loans, you took them on willingly. You understood that the rule was that you pay them back. He's just trying to abrogate all these contracts. Which you cannot do with the force of a pen. The problem, Mary Catherine, is you can't explain that in a tweet. So you just have to say he took it. I think that PPP line of argument from the left is so rank. Yeah. It is, it is. Like, I'm not going to pretend, I'm not, I don't think we can pretend that they had no idea and they really think that they know what's going on. They know exactly what's going on. And by the way, it's the, it's shows how doing business with the government in any capacity is dancing with the devil mm-hmm. because they will, use, they will use it against, they will yeah, use yeah, yeah. whatever you yeah, yeah. Do. they're like look how nice we're being to you ha ha mm-hmm. you took our nice right. thing and now you can't yeah, argue yeah. against any yeah, other that program makes you a hypocrite like nah, nah i also pass i also on that. i also like by the way how i believe it was justice roberts who mentioned cited nancy pelosi in the argument that oh yes that the president has no power i, I wanted to, to mention this, her, her exact quote oh, it's great People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That has to be an act of Congress. Well said, Nancy Pelosi. And in fact, the president, I think, himself admitted this several times, just as Barack Obama admitted several times that he couldn't do the dreamers on his own. And (laughs) then he was just like, I'm going to do it. Right. They know that there are limits on their powers. They wish there weren't limits on their powers. And unfortunately... Three Supreme Court justices mm-hmm. agree with them, mm-hmm. which I find to be because if you can if you can just decide that a that bunch, is depressing that four hundred billion dollars in contracts yeah. signed by private individuals do not exist anymore. What can you not do? Yeah, pretty much anything you want. That's uh, my concern. Yeah. Anyway, by the way, Pelosi in a statement responding to the Supreme Court's ruling, she says it cruelly allowed for a crisis of debt to continue holding back families from buying homes, starting businesses, and making ends meet. First of all, you said he didn't have the power. Second of all, who else would you want to give a home loan to other than a person who can't pay their student loans? That's the new definition of loan. Give you money, it's all yours. Except Congrats. for except for it doesn't count for mortgages or people who chose not to go to school. Or a, or a car loan? Yeah, a car loan. If car you, loan yeah. forgiveness? No, no. No, we don't do that. It's just for your puppeteering mm-hmm. humanities degree from Brown. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll... I'll I'll leave it to you to pick the pick the major that our, our listener is going to say, I was a major in puppetry, and how dare you? <laughs> I, I doubt we have one of those. But uh, I, you know what? You never if, know. If we do, I'd love to mm-hmm. hear from you. Okay. And see a puppet show. Let me see what I paid for. Okay. Okay. I have to bring this up. You, you do. You, and you, this sorry. is twice now, and and I'm going to let you take the lead on this because Gee, what, is, what is happening here? Okay. I was kind of okay. confused. This is from our columnist friend, Carol Markowitz of the New York Post friend of the program. Mm -hmm. She's actually going to be with us on our little weekend jaunt 
Oh, this weekend. good. She's, I she's never she's met there, her in person. She's there as well. My goodness. So she's reports on the newest, the newest big science from the CDC. You ready for this one? CDC now giving tips for trans people who want to breastfeed. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, last seen making toddlers mask for a virus that barely affected them, now has suggestions for trans men and women who want to breastfeed. I'm sorry, did I say breastfeed? How 2021 of me. The term is now chest feed. Chest feed. Because why would we assume that the person doing the feeding has breasts? So old-fashioned. CDC advice isn't just for biological women who have removed their breasts but still want to nurse babies. It's also for biological men who, through the magic of plastic surgery, also have breasts and would now like to use those breasts to feed babies. The problem is, as you might imagine, that that doesn't really happen naturally. So in order to create, I'm going to scare quote breast milk, something to come out of the uh-huh. faked mammaries, yeah. they use a pharmaceutical cocktail that can induce a form of breast milk from said breasts for the babies. It can help maximize milk production, supplementing with pasteurized donor human milk or formula, which, guys... Just do formula. Just do formula. I got a lot of women who would prefer that also, by the way. I am like, you know you. what? We use formula anyway because it's just too much work. A 2022 please, please CDC, put the pump on me. A 2022 you know. CDC note specified an individual does not need to have given birth to breastfeed or chest feed. Why are we doing this? This is the thing. Okay. This is the thing. Is that Do we have to go this far? Is that the whims of the adults in question mm-hmm. are what needs to be satisfied yeah. versus the needs of the child who has no agency yeah. in this situation and would happily take Infamil, I guarantee you, over this. By the way, one of the drugs that they use, that they say that you should use, can go through breast milk and can create elevated heart rates in newborns. But but that's fine. I can't have a beer while yeah. I'm at Outback mm-hmm. without somebody stink eyeing me. Yeah. But a dude yeah. can pump himself full of something that could have deleterious effects on the baby, but it's like on purpose and it makes him feel better. Yeah. That's a, that's a very what's the term? Is it turfy? Is it I'm, very, I, very, yeah, yeah. On this one very, on this mm-hmm. one, I'm turfed like the Super Bowl field. <laughs> I don't even the know. highest quality turf there I is. Don't I don't know how to add to I don't know what to add to that. It's so shocking. And all I can say is you know uh, the point of all this is to normalize. Mm-hmm. Right? We've gone from we've gone from tolerance to acceptance to celebration. That's that's the next step. So. Well, and this is the thing is that no. Mm-mm, no. Mm-hmm. I reject the idea that in order to not be a bigot, you have to have zero questions. About biological men no, using a not, pharmaceutical yeah. cocktail that includes drugs that can be damaging to babies in order to give them right. the privilege. Right. Well, this is the thing. They don't think it's a privilege. It's like they're entitled to breastfeed. Right. Well, you're not. You're not entitled to breastfeed. Many women, by the way, who need more support yeah. don't get it right. and don't aren't able to do that. By the way, the new rallying cry is fed is best. And I think being fed with formula might be better than this idea, which is just flying in the face of everything we've ever known in the world. You're not allowed to think these thoughts because these are transphobic. And and yeah, it's, it's, it's a real problem because, you know, they don't want you to think that other people are also thinking this is kind of odd 
more all... that 10 years ago, maybe we would have yeah. thought, this is insane. So You're many people are thinking think that now. So many people are thinking it, guys. They don't want you to think that many people are thinking. They want you to think it's just many... you and you should feel bad about it. Many people are saying. Uh, many people are saying. People say, okay. All right. So that's that. All right. All right. We did chest fighting. Yeah. Covered that. Now, I want to do a little, this is more uplifting. Oh, yeah. How much time we got here? We uh, got some time. Oh, yeah. We're fine. This, let, let me quickly do this story. To make up for a little vacation we had. Yeah. Let me let me quickly do this story. Yeah. Georgia Democrat mm. defects to the GOP yep. after she said Dems crucified and abandoned her. A Peach State lawmaker who angered her Democratic colleagues in the Georgia State House of Representatives over her support for a recent school choice bill has announced she is officially switching parties. Misha Maynard, a Democrat who has represented District 56 in the Georgia House since 2021, announced the decision shortly before noon Tuesday, Tuesday that she will switch her party registration to Republican. Quote, when I decided to stand up on behalf of disadvantaged children in support of school choice, my Democratic colleagues didn't stand by me. They crucified me. When I decided to stand up in support of safe communities and refused to support efforts to defund the police, they didn't back me. They abandoned me. Far too long, for far too long, the Democratic Party has gotten away with using and abusing the black community. Mm-hmm. For de- She's a black lawmaker. For decades, the Democratic Party has received the support of more than 90% of the black community. And what do we have to show for it? I represent a solidly blue district in the city of Atlanta. This isn't a political decision for me. It's a moral one. So it suggests, although it is on the margins and this doesn't happen a ton, that continuing to alienate what are actually black Democratic voters are not super liberal mm-hmm. on a lot of issues. No, particularly social. They they fall quite to the right mm-hmm. of the aforementioned loan forgiveness gang. Right. Right. And if you continue to alienate them, particularly on things that touch their right. communities like school choice or right. or police protection mm-hmm. of their communities in ways that hurt them, you may see some defections. And when you start to see those defections, if the Democratic Party is not holding up a 90 plus percent oh. of the black vote yeah. segment, they get into some real electoral trouble. Yeah. Let alone if you're getting more than that. I mean, how, if, you, if you think, for example, about the Hispanic vote, and you think about Ron DeSantis and how he did in Florida, you know, those numbers across the board would be devastating for Democrats. Yes. And likewise for the African-American vote. It's interesting because Misha Maynard, God bless her, it's not like, you know, she was reading The Road to Serfdom and said, I'm a conservative across the board on all right. these different issues, you know, or Phyllis Schlafly or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just basic common sense issues like education. And we have a real problem with our kids and we keep on voting for the same people and nothing is happening. It's not that, you know, it's that it, I know this is kind of, it's a cliche to say this, but you know, it's not that she's leaving in many ways the democratic party. It's that they, the, the party's right. left her yeah. because they've gone full on to the left. All these fixations that they have and obsessions with various leftist hobby horse issues. Well, and, and she those... just wants something that is, and because of this, before her announcement that she's switching, not even to independent, but becoming a Republican, she is going to be attacked. Yeah. Well, and the thing awful. about it's going the, to be awful. the fixations you mention is one of the concerns of parents in general. Yeah. But who don't you, care you will notice this. in the stats that the the percentage of homeschooled students in the in the U.S. who are black has skyrocketed wow. since the the yeah. pandemic and since schools yeah. closed because they were hurt worse right. in many well, of those were. communities than others. But those fixations on these so- social issues and and the what am I trying to see C- CRT and the CRT and the gender ideology, these fixations prevent the schools from focusing on the thing they actually need to focus on, which is why many families have left. There's a new Gallup poll out this week that shows that confidence in public schools 
is at an all-time low. Gallup, of course, yeah. one of the long-standing sure. organizations that tracks public trust over decades and decades and decades. Only 26% of Americans now report, quote, great deal or a fair amount of confidence in the public schools. Yeah. That is a very bad number. At the same time as this has been happening, just so everyone knows that the voters know who to blame for it, the Democratic Party on the issue of education has lost a 15 to 20 point lead over Republicans. This is what's fascinating. Do you remember uh, in previous elections, education was always um, a Democrat issue. Oh, yeah. Like you could never like beat a, the Democrats like on domestic you issues. You could never, particularly never come education. close to them. Yeah. It was, always, it was always maybe economy, but certainly foreign policy was a real Republican strength. But there was no way that they were going to have education. So the question is, of course, if Republicans are now favored for the economy, foreign policy, and education, why aren't they doing better? Well, we're not going to get. We, we'll get into that in another Speaking episode. Speaking of cell phones, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll get that into it in another. Yeah, the teachers' unions and its alliance with the Democratic Party mm-hmm. in America's major cities yeah. take a bow. Yeah, take a bow yeah. because they failed families and people did not forget about it, and they're liable to be very forgiving of their local public schools. They're liable to let their mm-hmm. local public schools do a lot of woke stuff yeah. as long as the school doors stay open and their kids know how to read. Right. But those two things stopped happening. Yeah. And that's where you get a 26% number. That's right. You re- they reached the threshold where they finally said enough is enough. Okay. I have to issue apology to Amtrak because I did it again this time with a train. I mentioned we were talking about the Metro car with the bar, the, the, uh-huh. the, the, the you know, drinking the cafe on car, the, yeah. the cafe car. And I said, what is it, like the cafe car on Amtrak? And almost instantaneously while we were recording. It may have been instantaneously. News broke that there was an Amtrak derailment outside of Washington, D.C. I want to stress there was a person with a very mild injury who's all better now. There you go. There all you better. Go. They were, they were, you know, everyone's fine. But the train, I hurt the train. You did hurt the train. So my apologies about the cafe car remark. Okay. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram, and you should. And by the way, we got so much good feedback for our beer tasting oh, event. Oh, people are still telling us about the ones we missed. We, well, you know what? Yeah. This leads to my next point, which is that we should plan quarterly taste test yes. for this yes. podcast including from the recommendations there was a recent oh there was a very inch funny somebody sent i don't know if this is real a listener on on twitter sent a picture of line oh, i forgot to look, yeah i forgot to look this and up and the flavor was berry weiss <laughs> come on man that's too crazy oh no it's real it's wow. real oh i'd like to try well if she those. doesn't do it we'll do it uh, we should go. send her a complimentary six pack so if you have ideas for that, please send them our way. Our email address is hammered at nebulouspodcasts.com. So if you have suggestions for things we should taste test in the future, let us know. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>